Hello there, my friends, Dan Deegan here, and I just wanna welcome you to a very special episode of the HPL Podcast. Um, from time to time, I'm gonna put these episodes out because these episodes are gonna be a mix, a mashup of some of the training I've done. Maybe it be live or online or in a classroom somewhere. Uh, some of the training I've done to really help salespeople move and really change you know, move their career in a different direction. So it's gonna be a mashup. Now, just know sometimes I might be referencing something like on my HPLS Monthly where it might be name cards, it might be a presentation or something of that nature, but you'll get the gist of it and the way we've edited it, you know, you'll, you'll understand the message that's trying to come. So I hope you enjoy one of these special episodes of the HPLS podcast. I look forward to seeing you again soon. Take care. I really want you to understand there are techniques, there are strategies, there's frameworks that we can use, whether we are A, an asset-based company, or B, a broker, to help us grow and develop. And a lot of that is not directly involved in the spot market, but it has some kind of, you know, dipping your toes in the water, I guess, if you will, in the spot market. So with that said, I just want to really talk to you today about the spot market, right? Um, you know, we all know there's pros and cons to it, right? Um, you know, 2018, the spot market was nasty, right? When it came to brokers, um, so asset-based suppliers were loving the spot market. You know, now it comes 2019, a lot of shippers are moving back to the spot market because they've realized a savings. You know, so today we're going to talk about um, how to stay out of the spot market. And a lot of people say to me, Dad, you know, how is that possible? How could you stay out of the spot market? Well, the spot market itself, in order to stay out of it, we first have to understand it. So in essence, the spot market is the right now, okay? And it represents non-dedicated and non-contracted freight. So those are the two big takeaways when it comes to what is the spot market. It is the right now, and it's the non-dedicated, non-contracted freight, okay? It's the one-offs, it's, it's the what are you doing. So in order to understand how the spot market really functions both in favor and not in favor for us, we need to understand the difference between hard and soft markets. Now, I know a lot of you right there are saying, you know what? Dan, I understand what a hard market and soft market is. You know, a hard market is when there's over, you know, under capacity and too much freight. And the soft market is when there's too much capacity, not enough freight. And you're right. Now, the thing with hard and soft markets are there's a multitude of variables that go into a hard and soft market, right? If there's a hurricane that comes in on the East Coast, for example, like, I don't know if you guys recall back in um, 2017, I think it was, I think it was 2017, um, a hurricane came through Georgia and wiped out so many different companies' chassis when it came to rail lines, um, equipment, things were damaged all over the place. But not necessarily to the point where it crumbled buildings, right? It, it did damage. You know, one of my shippers out in Georgia, was, like a lot of the equipment in the yard was damaged, but their production was still up. 
So we still had to move 20 loads a week out of there, but we had to do it with a third of the capacity that we had because so, I mean, just one little dent and tweak and kind of twist in a frame, you can't use that chassis, right? And I'm just talking rail here. Not only that, you get a little twist in your dry band, you can't use it. You get a twist in your reefer, you can't use I mean, so your safeties now have to be done to ensure that that equipment is good on the road. So something as simple as weather can create a volatile market instantly, which was originally a soft market, can turn to a hard market, right? So all of these things come into play. You can have an incident in the south, you can have an incident on the west coast, you can have an incident on the east coast. You know, you look at the fires in, in Alberta, for example, in Fort McMurray and all these areas in Alberta and the fires in BC, when they're happening, it literally strangles the rail line from coming through there because when the smoke's too thick, the rail lines won't even move. So what does that do? That causes an influx in truck capacity because people are now saying, okay, I understand that rail's cheaper, but I'm not going to use a rail because I need my product. So they're gonna start shipping by truck. Well, what's that gonna do to capacity? It's gonna tighten capacity. Hence, creating a hard market inside the bubble of a soft market. So every market's different, right? Right now, as we sit, Chicago markets are down about 15%. You know, and Ch Chicago is really the hub of North America, you know, when it comes to U.S. And, and Canada, because that was kind of the way it was built, right? It was centralized where everything comes in and spreads out. And it's kind of like the X factor, I call it, right? Where it comes in and goes out to the U.S. So, but they're down. So what's happening is there's tons of capacity. People are, are getting scared, they're struggling. So what's gonna happen when people get scared? They start dropping rates, because we're gonna need more money. Then the other person wants to maintain their business, so they drop more rates, and they drop more rates, and they drop more rates. And all of a sudden, what's gonna happen is Chicago's gonna get an influx of business because everybody's like, well, hell, it's cheap as hell to ship out there now. I may as well ship the shit out of these things and get them there. Then all of a sudden, the freight rises, capacity tightens, and it's kind of this cyclical, kind of up and down roller coaster, right? So. I want to look at two different we're going to go asset based and non-asset based okay um so when we go asset based your ability to stay out of the spot market is to have your salespeople hit areas where you need help and you need a lot of help okay most asset based companies focus on their area out but when they get out they're like well we'll take broker freight coming back I've always said, would you not be better to split your sales force? So even if you have two salespeople, one sells out, one sells in. Where you go, you dedicate based on the inbound. That's where reverse engineering logistics came from. So asset-based service providers, okay? Asset-based service providers, direct to manufacturers and shippers, okay? You're looking for obviously long-term relationships. You're looking to, for them to have an understanding of the market, okay? And what, I, what do I mean by understanding of the market? Well, an understanding of the market is, Mr. Customer, I want to share with you how the spot market actually creates more volatility in your business. You have no understand costs. You have no idea of what, you're, you know, what you pay today, you might not be paying tomorrow. So you can't look at it and say, if you ship four loads a week or 52 weeks a year, this is my transportation budget. You can't do it in a spot market. You just can't. Some years you're going to win, some years you're going to lose. But I'll guarantee you one thing. In 2019, as we sit right now, any customer that was in the spot market in 2018, what they paid out in 2018, I bet you, I bet you, you know, dimes to donuts, 
that they wouldn't have recouped that cost in 2019. So yes, you might be saving 15, 20% of what you were paying, but you're not saving 50 to 60 to 70%. You're not. So in the end, if you would have sat down at the beginning of two, so if you would have educated your customers, right? And again, I mean, I'm kind of flipping back and forth, brokers, asset-based shippers, but I'll kind of give you the three scenarios here. As a shipper, if you would have had an asset-based carrier educate you on what was going to happen in the market with foresight, nobody knew exactly what was going to happen, but I was telling my customers from mid-2017, saying, listen, when we hit 2018, ELD is going to be huge. It's going to be exactly like what happened with the hours of service when in the U.S. they took away hours. Right. The day they took away hours, Walmart needed Walmart just to complete their supply chain. It needed something ridiculous, like 22,000 drivers or something crazy. I forget what that number was. But I remember when I heard it, I was like, what? How can they? How is that possible? But that's the reality, because when a market shift like that comes in, everybody jumps on the bandwagon to make it work. And listen, not that yeah, I believe some utilized it as a way to get back and make money. I believe that. But most just weren't prepared for the fallout, which strangled them, right? Which strangled our industry, which then rose rates for all the shippers. But if you went in and educated your customer and said, listen, I'm going to do this. I'm going to maintain your rates. I'm going to tell you, bear with me for the first quarter, even two quarters. If I don't do anything and I can't compete, I'll give you money back at the end of the year. I promise. That's a relationship. I'll keep up with market, I'll get you market standards, I'll get you spot pricing, I'll get you all that, so you can start understanding the market. If you would have had that conversation, two ways, customer would have said, yes, I agree, let's do it, or they would have said, no, I'm gonna take my chances. Three months, they would have come back to you and said, you're damn right. Or they would have said, you know what, I really appreciate it, let's continue. Then when the soft market hit, it would be the reverse. When the soft market hits, I need you to stay with me. And, and let's just do honest pricing that's going to help facilitate you having a full understanding. I'm going to do X amount of loads for you every week at X amount of price. It's not going to do this. So you're going to flatline the transportation budget, right? That's how the asset-based side would do it. Because you're feeding that customer that knowledge. You're feeding them the understanding of what it is uh, the market is. Because here's the thing. I found in my 20, almost 25 years in sales, not very many customers actually understand the market, right? That's why they hire a professional like me who understands my market. I can't say that I understand exactly how they manufacture, why they manufacture, why they do it like that, why they don't do it like that, why their warehouse is set up like that. These aren't things that I investigate. If they want me to look at their warehouse, I'll investigate it, I'll look at Streamline. But when it comes to their manufacturing process, when it comes to their importing process, meaning why do they buy from Europe instead of you know Asia, right? Like these are all internal company things, especially when the company is not just kind of like um, a one, you know, if it's a global company. These are all things that I, as a transportation professional, have no idea in the inner workings. But as my customer, they have no idea of the inner workings of transportation. So you or me as a transportation professional must educate and train our customers about what happens in the market. And perfect example, okay? So non-asset based. The old school approach for non-asset based suppliers is to get the shippers or manufacturers, right? You make the phone calls and you say, I'm, I am a broker. 
I'm going to give you a whole bunch of great value, just give me your freight. They say yes, and then you start finding the asset-based carriers to run the business, right? So that's the way that A, it's always been done, and B, that's gonna screw you and have you playing in the spot market. So all you brokers out there, it's time to listen up. Here's what you want to do, okay? Most asset-based suppliers have very little money, especially nowadays, to pay salespeople. So why not, you non-asset-based suppliers, go to your top five, top 10 carriers that you deal with, top 10 suppliers that are 100% ethical and moral, okay, person. Along the lines of how you want to serve your customers. And then with that information, you go to the manufacturers and shippers armed with the proper information, the proper rates, the proper numbers, where you're not playing in the spot market. You can sit down and look them in the eye and with all conviction say, no, I'm not gonna be volatile like everyone else. I'm there three days a week. I have always, I am the sales force for this, this company. We are there all the time. We've been dealing with this customer up in Canada or across the US or wherever for 10 years. We always deliver at 6 a.m. We're always out by 7 a.m. I can be at your place by 8, 8.39, wherever, depending on the distance. You know, not a problem, hands down. There no, will be no market volatility shifts that, you know, unless, unless a natural disaster hits your area. But other than that, there'll be no market shifts for you. You'll no longer have to play in the spot market because you know I'm gonna be there all the time for you. If I'm not gonna be there, I'm three days transit down, I'm two days transit down, whatever. I will let you know, but then I will play the market to not inflate your numbers. If I can, if I can help, I'll help, but I'll try not to inflate your numbers. That's true partnership. And you know what? If you get an order and just so happens that your partner, meaning your asset-based partner, that you're a true partner with, okay? So again, when I talk about, I'm talking about true partnership, where there's benefits from both sides and both of you have the same beliefs, the same morals, the same values, the same ethics when it comes to the business relationships and how important business relationships are. You know, you say, hey, listen, okay, you don't have an order. My customer's got freight. I'm gonna have to pay an extra 100 bucks. Can we do a 50-50 split? On the next order, I'll give you $50 less because then we're servicing the customer together. Any supplier, any partner would be crazy not to say yes based on an overall volume of business that you give them. Does that make sense? So you, not only that, you share the profits. If you find somebody $100 cheaper, you say, listen, I found somebody $100 cheaper. I'm still going with you, but what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you $50 extra on the next load. Right? That's partnership. Now, for all you brokers out there, that's gotta go two ways. You know, a lot of you carriers there are probably laughing because you've never had a broker do that with you before. Well, I have. Because that's what true partnerships are. True partnerships are a give and take each way. Well, I really hope you enjoyed that edition of the HPLS podcast. You know, these editions, which are, are really more of a inner look at some deeper dive training I might do. If you're interested in getting involved in that, I really suggest that you check out HPLS Monthly. If you go to hplsales.com and you just go to the homepage and you'll see HPLS Monthly. It's a monthly service that we have where every month I go live for just about an hour to an hour and a half, answer questions, and I talk to you about specific strategies and tactics that are working in the market today. 
So if that interests you, I really hope to see you there, my friend. Until next time, enjoy yourself. Remember, go out there, make every call an educational moment and crush your sales.